Welcome to Adding Fuel to the Hire, a podcast for hiring managers and job seekers across all types of dealerships. With over 20 years collective recruitment experience, Rowan, Tony and Phil draw upon their knowledge to help you navigate through the recruitment and job hunt process. For more information, head to our website, addingfueltothehire.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Adding Fuel to the Hire. I am your host today, Tony, and with me is Phil. How are you, Phil? Good. How are you going? I'm not too bad. So today we're going to be talking about a, uh, an important topic that I suppose on face value seems like it only uh, impacts the candidate side of it, but it actually does, uh, or this episode is going to be uh, targeting both candidates and employers, um, and that's career progression tips. Um, yeah, as we said, we aimed largely at candidates, but there's definitely a lot of take-home messages that employers can uh, can take in order to keep their staff happy long-term, which obviously helps everyone um, in terms of a business. But um, yeah, what we'll do is we'll just start off by going through why these are important, both from a candidate and an employer's perspective, I suppose, and then uh, get into a little bit of nitty-gritty. But um, Yeah, that's right. So look, um, there's a number of reasons why career progression is important. Um, a lot of people really hate becoming stagnant. Um, a lot of people love a challenge and they like going to work and feeling busy and um, there's a rewarding feeling in um, learning and developing and that sort of thing. And so um, this ha- this can also happen if your role is too narrow, uh, but particularly this happens if everything else is good in the company, but you've just been there for two or three years now and nothing's really changed. Uh, you feel like you've done, you've sort of accomplished what you've come to accomplish. Yeah. You've uh, learned what you can sort of learn and there's, you know, often when you feel like there's no further room to move up mm. or, or sideways, that's when people usually start looking elsewhere. Yeah, and we've talked about it in previous episodes as well where, you know, there was a time where being stagnant for 10, 15 years was seen as, you know, really loyal and... Reliable. Yeah, it would make you sought after by future employers because they think that you'd do the same there. Whereas now it's a lot of employers will look at that and go, well, how many skills have they picked up over that time frame where they just, you know, learnt something 10 years ago and... and Remain stagnant since then. So, a lot of people, you know, career progression wise, need to actually uh, avoid that in order to, uh, you know, add skills to themselves and, and to keep moving forward. Yeah, that's right. And look, um, the other thing a good career progression path, in particular, does um, for you as uh, as an employer, but also as, as as an employee, is it gives them a goal to work towards. You know, mm-hmm. especially if you're able to say, look, if you know, if you achieve these and these and these sort of things. Um, this is what we'll be able to give you and this is what we'll be able to offer you. And um, it keeps people engaged and it actually makes people work much harder because they feel like these goals are there. I know what I need to do. So I just need to get in and do those things. And once I've done those things, I'll be able to, uh, to you know, get that next position or move sideways into a new department or, you know, whatever it is that your goal is possibly. Yeah, it helps with their motivation. Yeah. As you kind of touched on, which is why from an employer's perspective, this is so uh, relevant to them as well. Um because obviously if you've got, uh, yeah, good career progression opportunities within your company, then your employees are going to re- remain a lot more engaged. They're going to stick around for longer. They're going to be able to continually improve whilst actually remaining at your company because a lot of people are forced to leave in order to improve. So if you can offer that internally, then you're going to obviously have a lot uh, a lot higher retention rate as well. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And it, um, look, from there, it's it's got this flow-on effect of it just, you know, you, you – grow and you foster this culture of hiring from within from there, you know, and people start to see, oh, okay, if I get in with these guys and I do do a good job, you know, I, I do reap the rewards at the end of the day. So um, it's it's got a very positive flow on effect if you do do that. Yeah. 
Well, what would you say is the, uh, I suppose, the first step to career career progression from a a candidate's perspective? Um, I would say working closely with your manager and just saying, you know, look, um, this is what what I want to achieve. You know, I want to be honest with you. These are my goals. Um, You know, 99% of people are not happy with staying in the same role that they first started in for the rest of their life. Um, That's just a way of life. That's just the way it is. And I would say, look, you know, these are my goals. What do you think I need to do to achieve those? Yeah, it's, uh, I suppose, that looking for continuous improvement where it can be tough conversations to have, but talking to your manager, not every manager is going to be forthright and, and, you know, come to you and say, this is what you need to do to improve. So the first step is to get on the front foot and, and talk to them and say, you know, what am I doing good? What am I doing bad? Where can I improve? And that really just paints an organic picture moving forward for what you need to do to improve and obviously to add more skills to your to your skill set moving forward. But it, it's really just about being open with people and, and honest um, and, and forming that relationship. And that's why it's so important from an employer's perspective as well to be on top of this stuff because you, you need to understand where or why it's important to you and where the candidate would be coming from or the employee's coming from. Um, it, it, so that as far as you can yeah, be well placed to understand, you know, why they're saying what they're or asking what they're asking and then why it is important for you to actually give them that that support and, and that information that they're seeking. Um yeah, that's right. And look, um, it's a much, I know it's probably not the nicest conversation to have. Um, it's not the most pleasant one to have to sort of say, hey, you know, in, in some occasions, it, even it's, I want your job. You know, it's not the nicest um, conversation to have. It's definitely an awkward one, but it's much nicer than the one you're going to have to have when you get six, seven, eight months down the track, you resign and they say, oh, why didn't you tell me? Because we could have yeah. done this and this and this and we could have sent you on that and, you know, we could have worked with you so you can maybe take some, you know, pressure off my plate or anything. So, um, again, it's one of those if you do it now and you're just open about mm. it, um, while it is scary, um, it's, it's, it's a good one to have. Yeah, and I think you hit the nail on the head. It's avoiding that conversation in six or seven months' time where the response would have been, you know, we, we could have done this, we could have offered you more. Yeah. So just have that in the front of your mind from an employer's perspective. But even from a, a candidate or employee's perspective is you want to avoid that conversation. Have that up front now and, uh, yeah, rip the Band-Aid off. I That's suppose. right. Yeah, yeah. And I think with that as well, you can learn off from your manager in terms of how they react. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously as the employee you want to say, uh, you know, you want to say, look, this is what I want to do. Ideally, I'd like to do this in this role. And, you know, you're hoping they'll say, yeah, look, I really appreciate you being honest. Um, I love the enthusiasm. I love that you're, you know, obviously being open about it and that sort of thing. Some people won't react like that. Um, but trying to keep a mindset of, okay, you know, this is something that I can keep in mind when I do get into this role eventually. If I get an employee that comes to me, mm. I can react differently. Yeah, exactly right. And I, I suppose the next step, it, it's probably a, a – Thing that has changed a lot over the last you know 20 years with with the internet and different platforms but it's networking so yeah particularly for our industries there was a time where the only networking you really ever had the opportunity to do would be at co- dealer conferences mm. um you know field days those types of things yeah. where you, you had you know a, a industry body with bringing everyone together all your competitors where you'd, you'd network and you'd talk to your, your opposition and other managers and build relationships within the industry i think it happens very organically now particularly for departments that do uh, parts departments another great example a lot of parts interpreters will often work with other dealerships um calling them up for spare parts yep, and there yep. seems to be a lot of a community feel within our industries um obviously not all the time because it's competitors a lot of the time, yeah. but it does happen. But networking is really important for that sense. But um, also, I suppose, virtual networking. 
is yeah. uh, is something new to our industry. Yeah, that's right. So LinkedIn is really obviously. Um, gone off over the last probably decade or so, I would say, maybe even more. Mm. Um, we're all on LinkedIn. Um, we see it every day. There's, there is there is a lot of people in our industries on LinkedIn. Um, if you are looking for a new role or you want to get an idea of, you know, what's my career progression really like? I'm not really getting it where I am at the moment. You know, you, you can reach out to people on there mm. and ask, you know, another parts interpreter, for example, at, a, at another dealership and say, hey, you know, I just wanted to get your thoughts. This is my situation. These are my opportunities here. Um, have you guys had anything similar or, or what does it look like for you guys? So um, LinkedIn is, is a really, really good tool uh, if you do want to just connect with people who you otherwise just wouldn't be able to connect with. Yeah, and even not even from a networking perspective, but if you find someone that, uh, you know, on LinkedIn, their their career history seems to have run in a path that is what you're hoping to achieve. Yeah. Um, you know, send them a message, reach out to them, try and try and organize a time to chat, find out what they did well that worked, what didn't, what they wish they did to, to move their career along quicker. Um, you know, a lot of people in our industry are happy to, to talk with other people because it is so incestuous yeah. and, and usually someone is aware of someone or knows, you know, an ex-manager of someone. So a yeah. lot of people are willing to help out. So, um, yeah, just don't be afraid. Reach out to people. LinkedIn's the easiest way to start that process. Yeah. Um, but I think you'll you'll probably never replace the conference networking as well. Yeah, the face-to-face uh, -face aspect yeah. of it, yeah. Which uh, obviously this year is probably non-existent, but yeah. <laughs> uh, in the future I'm sure it'll get uh, – get back to, to kicking up again. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I think that, you know, not just that face-to-face -face element of it, but often, you know, conferences, you travel for them. So you feel like, you know, you're on a bit of a trip away. It's 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 all a bit different and everyone's sort of a bit up and about. So I think yeah. um, there's a bit more of a, plus people think, uh, you know, conference, I'll, you know, I get to, this is what I do. Yeah, a lot of walls come down. Yeah, that's right. You know, and this is where I go to network. So yeah. um, it's easiest there. All right. Well, let's say you, you've got your plan together. You know what you're trying to achieve. Um, when is the right time to move forward or on or, or wherever you're yeah, looking to go to next? Yeah, tough question. <laughs> very tough. We're uh, a very tough one to answer. Um, there's no sort of one size fits all. You know, you can't say you've got to say you're a, you're, you're a tech and you want to become a service manager. You know, I can't tell you you've got to work on the tools for five years and after exactly five years yeah. you'll move into a service manager's role. I've talked to guys who are on the tools for – their apprenticeship and moved straight into a service manager's role and it did brilliantly. Mm. I've talked to guys who were on the tools for 25 years and only then were able to get into a service manager's role. Yeah. Um, so there's there's a lot of factors at play there in terms of the opportunities you've got, in terms of the area, in terms of your employer and that sort of thing. Um, there's a few questions that I always like to, to, to give to people who are sort of on the fence whether they should move or not. Um, one of those being, have I reached my ceiling in the business, my yeah. true ceiling, um, or am I just bored, you yeah. know? Because um, if you've not really reached your ceiling, but you feel like, oh, what I'm doing right now, yep, I'm sort of pretty good at it. But if I ask them for something else that I could do, I'm sure I could learn more. Um, then you've not really reached your ceiling. So yeah. reaching your ceiling, have you really exhausted all the options that I can possibly exhaust in the business is for me the first question I would ask. Which then obviously goes back to you know, having that conversation to begin with and understanding what that looks like. Um, you know, you can't answer those questions if you don't know what the opportunities are. If you, yeah. you know, if you're not talking to your manager or other people within the business, then you'll never know if you've actually yeah. reached your ceiling because you won't know what is possible for them to, I suppose, give you extra tasks. That's it. Yeah. And the other one for me would be, have I, have I truly outgrown my role? Um, this is, um, look, you often get this feeling when you get to work and you, it, it's becoming easy. You yeah. know, it's becoming the day to day isn't very tough on you anymore. And you feel like, 
you finish the day, even though it was probably quite busy, you're not feeling too exhausted or anything. Yeah. Um, that's probably when you've usually outgrown your role. And uh, for me, the final one is, do I still feel challenged? So if you feel like you've reached your ceiling and you feel like you've outgrown the role and you feel like you've exhausted all the opportunities, if you still feel challenged, um, often people will still be quite happy to stay. Um, there's a big, you know, it's, it's say you've been there for a couple of years now. Um, you, you know, work is fairly easy now in terms of the tasks that you generally have to do. Um, but the role is still challenging. There are still parts to the role where you every single day go, well, that's a challenge. How am I going to overcome that? What am I going to do here? And, um, we, for example, still work with your manager on a, on a, on a solution sort of thing. So, um, still feeling challenged in your role, I think is, a, is, is for me the last big one, um, that I'd uh, keep in mind. Yeah. Well, now I suppose is the important part to talk for an employer's perspective. Um, you know, I think just based on what we've told the candidate side of it, you can see why it's important for employers to get this right. Yeah. Uh, as we touched on at the start, it will just reduce uh, or increase retention massively. Um, but how can employers offer that career progression uh, moving forward for their, for their employees, but also for future candidates coming on? Yeah. So generally speaking, always, you know, implement regular training. Um, for our industries in particular, um, implement regular OEM training. Um, so making sure that um, particularly the guys in the service department know um, what the new technology is like, uh, making sure the guys in the in the sales department know how it all works and how to explain it best and how to sell it best to, um, to the customers and that sort of thing. Um, that's, I think, a really big one. Um, another big one is to, which we've already touched on before with, with career progression, um, promote and hire internally. Yeah. Create uh, that culture. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Because if you feel like, oh, okay, if I, if I genuinely stay here and I do a good job, I do get up, you know, I do go up in the ladder and I do move up in terms of my position and my salary and that sort of thing. So that motivates people to stay mm. and motivates them to stick around and actually motivates them to work harder as well. Yeah, exactly. And as you said, it's that it's not enough to just hire one person or promote one person internally. It has to be a regular thing so that there's a you know, even when you're hiring new people, people can be used as an example and you can point to them and say, you know, this is our service manager. They started here as an apprentice. They worked up to a foreman and now they're, they're the service manager. Um, you know, really just creating that culture. So there's multiple examples. People will come in for interviews and they'll be speaking to someone who was probably promoted from within as themselves and they'll go, right, if I, you know, if I put in here and I stick it out, I'm going to be rewarded and I'm going to get something, um, which will be a huge selling point. If you're going for four or five interviews, and, uh, you know, the company that one of the companies that interview interviews you has, you know, a couple of examples mm. that will generally speaking, get a lot of people over the line. Yeah. Um, that alone just to, it gives the candidates, you know, some security, I suppose, that the decision that they're making is correct. Um, but another one that is, I'm sure, not used much at all in our industries, which is becoming more commonplace in the wider community, I think, with, uh, with smaller businesses, but, um, yeah, definitely something that our industries can improve on is, uh, career development plans. Yep. Um, so what that looks like is you'd sit down with each employee and say, right, where do you want to be in 12 months time and five years time? Yeah. And you can have different time frames. There's nothing certain in that, but 12 months is usually the standard. Um, but then you want a longer term goal. Um, and obviously a lot of, you know, if you look at technicians, a lot of technicians are going to say, I want to be a service manager mm. and seven technicians does not fit into one service manager's role. We all know that. Um, and you know, you, it's not false promises. It's not telling everyone, well, if we do this career development plan, you're definitely going to be a service manager. It's not about that, 
but it's just understanding where everyone wants to get to. Um, there's a lot of techs out there that want to move into a sales role. Mm. Um, they want to get build up their product knowledge, get off the tools and move into sales. But without talking to people that are having this development plan in place, people don't know. Yeah. Um, so you want to yeah sit down with everyone, have that development plan mapped out, have at least 12 months to three to five years. So you've got a short term and a long term goal. Um, and, you know, that's not just about becoming a manager. It might be I want to... Uh, I want to become more proficient in Iranet or something like that. And so you might be able to organize some external courses for them to become the whiz at the dealership that everyone goes to when they have problems. Um, there's just, there's so many little things that you can do and, and find out, right, well, what, uh, beyond just becoming a manager, what else do you find interesting? What can we, uh, you know, spend extra money on and get you trained up on? Um, the DMS one's a good one because mm. every dealership usually has by default someone that they kind of fall back to mm. uh, for yeah. questions. But a lot of people you know, want to be that person, but they won't put their hand up and say, hey, give me that role. That's right. Yeah. And it's that narrowing down as well. Just saying, oh, I want to become the manager. It's kind of, you know, oh, okay, right. Fair enough. Everyone probably wants to become the manager yeah. at some point. But it's, you know, what aspect of the role or of that, you know, essentially position in the in the the dealership is is sort of getting you eager to 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 do it. Mm. Um, what are you really looking for on there? Is more the customer side of things? Is it more you know managing the workshop side of things? Um, is it more managing a team side of things? You know what, are you, what what's the actual aspect of the role that's intriguing you? And let's see if we can get that for you in some way, yeah. shape, or form in your current role. Yeah, without the title and yeah. say right, if you want to you know if you want to prove improve your you know, people management skills, right, well, we're going to give you these three apprentices, they'll be your person that yeah. you look after. That takes a bit of pressure off the service manager, gives that person a sense of responsibility and accomplishment and, uh, you know, helps them tick along. So that's exactly what the career development plan's for. You've um, yeah, you explained it really well. And, um, yeah, so between that and, and the OEM and external training, they're the, the really key points. It'll improve retention massively. Um, it'll keep staff around, engaged and, and happy, uh, which is the end game. But um yeah, there's a, a couple of things in there for both candidates and employers. We um, we hope you've learned a, a few things and we'll be back again next week with another episode. See you soon. Thank you for listening to another episode of Adding Fuel to the Hire. If you have any questions or you'd like to hear us talk about a particular topic, why not send us an email at podcast at addingfueltothehire.com. If you like what we do and would like to support our podcast, please leave a review on your podcasting app of choice. For further information, please visit our website, addingfueltothehire.com.